Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Fabulous February and welcome to Exceptional Exceptional Echo. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Exceptional Echo. Exceptional Echo. Fabulous February probably. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Let us know that you are out there. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Would you stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays? We would love to meet you. We hope that you will find Echo to be your place, your people, and your purpose. It can all be found in one space. It's what we're all looking for. So convenient. And thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe and your generosity. 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, Each one must give as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Very cheerful. <laughs> if you are looking to give cheerfully, head to our website or Venmo us at We Are The Echo Church. Yeah. Enjoy, Enjoy the, rest the rest of Echo online, online service. service.
We are in uh, the middle of the series, Would You Follow Jesus This Close? And, and I just want to make this strong statement uh, here at the beginning. Um, uh, although we are asking ourselves this question, I need to tell you this. Jesus is following you this close. Whether you're aware of it or not. Okay, uh, he is passionately pursuing you. He is seeking that or whom that is lost. And, 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 and you know what? He loves the people found too. And, and so anyway, so let's, let's lean in. Let's lean into Jesus as he's leaning in to us during this season. According to the interwebs, uh, the first thing uh, 71% of people do when they wake up is check their phone. Come on. Confession is good for your soul. Raise those hands. And 50% of those people immediately check their emails. Okay, and and what I want to talk to you about today is what we reach to first may determine the rest. Do y'all just hear what I said? (laughs) I mean, I'm hitting to like like, like the center of our rut. Today, you know, what I'm saying like, like we, we all we're all here, okay. I'm not just preaching at you; I'm preaching at myself, okay. Seventy-one percent of us are reaching for our phone immediately upon waking up, okay. And and I just want to present this idea today that whatever we reach first may determine the rest. And Jesus understood this principle. I want to lean into a few scriptures and a story today. If you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus is teaching. This is in the middle of a a larger teaching of his. And he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God or the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Jesus understood that the first things in your life carry influence and force. They just do. Like what I choose to do in the morning ultimately sets me up for the rest of the day. And Jesus understood that. And when we're reading Matthew 6, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I have to ask you, are you seeking first? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God or are you seeking second or maybe third or when you want to or if you get to it? I mean, that's where we can find ourselves also naturally into the rhythms of life that we have so many other things to accomplish that it, we never really even get to the place of seeking God first. And I guess the big thing that, that I want to throw out here today, and, and it was challenging me personally as I was leaning into these scriptures and asking, really asking God to speak to me, this is what kind of, kind of rose to the top, is I think many of us, we view this teaching as a suggestion instead of a next step that actually might help transform your life. Do y'all get what I'm saying? Or am I hitting home a little bit? So often we read scripture and we make it a suggestion rather, a pra- rather than a practical step of life transformation. I really believe in the principle of the first. What we do first will determine what happens 
next. Now let's lean into a story in the Old Testament. It's in 2 Chronicles 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Chronicles 10. And uh, just to give you a little bit of context, uh, Rehoboam, Rehoboam is the new king. He is the son of Solomon and he has become king at 41 years of age. Now, what you have to understand, all of his life, most likely, was in the splendor and the prosperity of Solomon. I mean, Solomon had a legacy so much so that nations around the world would, would, would really, put, really put Israel at the center and they leaned into his leadership because of what he was doing. And now his son has to follow in his shoes. And unfortunately, what he is known for is this, is during his reign, the nation splits into two. <laughs> what a legacy. What a good week. You know, what a good year. What a good lifetime. I mean, you, you have to follow all this awesome stuff that King David did and Solomon did. And then you step in and the kingdom splits into Israel and Jordan. And, uh, and I would just want to kind of lean into his story a little bit and present this idea that how he started really truly set the course that we'll find out was very difficult to correct. So what was Rehoboam's first step? It said he consulted the old men. This is in chapter 10. And in essence, I'm paraphrasing it just for time reason. Uh, he consulted the old men and forsook their advice and he ended up taking counsel from those who stood in front of him. Okay, he leaned into the old guard and the people that probably carried Solomon and, and part of his wisdom. And he said, you know what? Tell me how to lead. How, how do we lead? How do I step into this new position? And, and he at least, you know, went through the motions of a push comes to shove. And when he wanted to apply some of that wisdom, he forsook it. He said, no, I don't need it. I'm going to lean into the, the young guns and their advice and the people that were present and convenient. And I'm going to apply what they're telling me. And what I want to tell you this, it is so easy to just fall into the same trap that Rehoboam did. It is so easy to do that. It is just, uh, I believe, the human natural disposition to be influenced by what is present, present or what is in hand. It's just, it's just natural. I'm telling you, if I hang out at Flapdoodles, I will start eating it. It's so easy to be influenced it takes work to be influenced positively. And many of you know that because we've already passed uh, National Quitters Day, right? And we're trying to push beyond it and how it's hard to continue to be influenced on a positive matter. It takes work to be mentored positively. It takes work to keep moving in the right direction. How many of you have started something this year? And how many would agree it is hard to keep going? It is hard to find that motivation. It's hard when you're on the bike and, and, and you're trying to do what, you, you know, trying to accomplish a certain pace, but then you just kind of see this big hill in front of you. It is hard to continue to follow through the motions. Now, Rehoboam started his, his reign with this, this idea of following the counsel for those that were present and those were conveniently around him. And in five years later, in verse 12, we see uh, after Rehoboam's position as king was established, he became strong. So it seemed to work. 
It seemed like the, the advice that he'd received uh, initially, the first advice that he had taken had really kind of gotten to him to this place. But we find there was a little bit of a, a, a turn here. And it, it says, he and all of Israel with him forsook the law of the Lord. So the first things that he started ultimately led him and his nation to construct a whole new way. And, and it started changing the direction and, and, and maybe the momentum that he was experiencing. And this was a critical juncture of his reign. And the big idea that I want to tell you out of this scripture, I'm going to return to it here in a moment, is this, is what we consult first will construct what we form in the future. And write that down. I mean, that should be a reminder to us in the morning. That should be a reminder when we go to bed that, that the first things, that what we consult first will end up constructing what we form in the future. It is just how it is. I mean, we might be able to choose something today, but ultimately something might be choosing us later. And so what I want to do today, I want to get a little practical. I also want to get a little visual on this. Is If you're taking notes, um, and I would ask that you would, you could text yourself this or, or potentially open your notes or if you've got your Bible, open up uh, to a page and just start scribbling all over. But do me a favor, make a blank line on your page. And then right underneath or right after that, I want you to write the word first and then put the question mark there. And I want to ask you, what are you doing first? The blank first. I mean, really, when you wake up in the morning or you're, you're navigating through uh, your day, do you scroll first? Or do you Google first? Do you work first? Do you drink first? Do you wake first? Do you fitness first? Do you feel first? Or are you a people or are you a person that is seeking God first? <laughs> and I'm not saying that like, like, like this is easy. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, is supposed to come natural, but, but I do believe that it is up to us to consult the thing that matters most first in our every or every day, our ordinary day. And, and let, me, let me just kind of uh, illustrate that with kind of a silly illustration. Uh, I want you to imagine that you have lost two things at the same time. I mean, think about it. You lost two things at the same time. I want to present this idea that you will seek after the thing that matters most first. Do y'all get what I'm saying there? If you lost two things that, that matter, right? You know, they're on the priority list. You will choose the one that matters most first. Here is an example. If you lose your child or if you lose your wallet, what will you look for first? On some occasions, you may look for that wallet, <laughs> depending on the attitude, right? Uh, but but it, uh, it illustrates this idea that we will search after the thing that matters most in our life. How about this silly illustration? You lose your keys or you lose your pants. You're going to go search for something first, I guarantee you that. How about this? You lose your job or you lose your health. What matters most changes the way we react and how we move in our next step, our first steps. Uh, let me get practical with you today. 
the average American checks uh, their phone 96 times per day. Confession is good for the soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here. Or every 10 to 12 minutes, we'll check our phone. Though we actually touch our phone up to 2,600 times per day and unlock our phones 150 times on average. And I want to present this idea that I don't think the phone should be our first in the day. I just don't. Okay, and, and, and hear me out, okay? You know, first service, I had to kind of learn through this, preaching it uh, and speaking it, is, is like, like, I'm not telling you uh, the phone is the ultimate evil out there, but I also understand that that which has um, good available also has evil in that same way. Y'all get what I'm saying? And, and, and if you're anything like me, it is so easy to become distracted by what I have in my pocket at all times, it is just so easy to, to, to just impulsely, impulse, impulse grab for the phone when I've got nothing else to do. And, and I just want to throw out that idea. Man, the phone shouldn't be the first. I believe that we should be a people that are fighting the impulse. And, and I think if you look at like culture today, we've all just kind of submitted to the addiction of our phone. Do you know what I'm saying? Can we all agree? I mean, do most of us? You aren't throwing anything at me yet. I mean, I, we are addicted to our phone and, and for the most part, we are okay with that. And today, I just want to remind us in a very practical way, I think we're supposed to fight that impulse. The Bible, the Bible uh, app told me today, or this, this last week, one of the verses of the day in James 4, 7, it reminded me that we are called to submit to God and resist the devil. And if we're constantly submitting to our phone first, I kind of think we begin to forget to submit to God first. And, and, and honestly, I, I think we need to set our hearts and our mind on a disposition of submission to God first and then resist the devil. And I think in the form of the phone, the devil arrives in our life all the time. And the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to use one thing to take you off course, to help you forget about the first things that matter most, and that is this, distraction. And we can call it the phone, and again, I appreciate my phone. I'm not telling you to go out and burn your phone like I burnt all of my CDs when I was young, you know, in a, in a youth group. I kind of regret some of those were really good music, but I, you know, whatever, I felt impulsive at the moment, but I'm not telling you to burn the phone. I'm just telling you, we need to view it as, as like a major distraction to, from seeking God first. Can I hear an amen out there? Anybody out there? So what is the first thing you do when you wake? And for many of us, it's the phone. And, and I, I think that we've, it, it gets, it's gotten so deep that for some of us, we need some help. And I was talking to a friend about this and this concept of this impulse concept of the phone. And he told me about this app called the One, One Sec, S-E-C app. And I want to challenge you. Go on to the app store and download that today. The, what I like about it, and, I, and I've done it, uh, and I've hooked it up to my Instagram currently, that every time I open up Instagram, it makes me wait five seconds and it actually helps me go through a deep breathing routine. And by the time you get to the, you know, the, the, ex, the exhale or whatever, at the end of it, it asks me, do you want to continue? 
to look at Instagram. And it also tells me how many times I looked at it thus far and when the last time I looked at it. I mean, kind of anybody intrigued on that app a little bit? I mean, I mean, it, it can truly kind of get you recentered and, and, and maybe stop that impulse and then really bring you to this place of like, no, I actually do what I want it. It also feels like to me that like I don't press Instagram because then I got to wait for five seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like I got, I got other things to do, you know, like I can accomplish something quicker than that. And, and so I, I just think like, like some of us, we need some help. And, and, and I downloaded it and I didn't pay for it yet because I'm cheap. Uh, <laughs> but you can, you can set that up on your phone. And what I found is uh, you can get one free app to do that. So for some of us that need some help on our social media and, and the distraction of it, I, I would challenge you to do that. Uh, but otherwise you can set it up on all of your apps on your phone. But I must warn you, it takes time to set up. Like, and if you want to be intentional and you want to seek God first, it just takes intentionality and it takes a whole lot of work to get there. Like, it's just not something that's going to come natural if we're going to fight against the grain. So I want to make a proposal to you today, okay? As, as, you, as you wrote down, wherever you wrote it down, you text yourself, whatever, blank first. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about my routine. And I want to present this idea of what we could do or what you could do uh, in, in your morning routine. We all wake up, okay? And I am the guy that wakes up and I have my, my cell phone alarm on and I, and I usually press um, snooze about 17 times with Chris, Chris Christie really likes in the morning. Uh, but what I have done for the last 23 days is the first app that I open when I shut off the snooze is the Bible app from version. And what I like about that is this, as it has told me that I have a 23-day streak. <laughs> and I'm kind of excited about it because what, what I have determined is this, is the first things that I do in 23, 2023 could potentially set me up for the rest of 2023 and my life or just my day. And what I'm suggesting to you is to evaluate what you do after you wake up. And for me, the blank first is I'm going to open up the Bible app. I'm going to read, I'm going to, you know, my glasses on, and I'm just going to kind of barely be able to see through the light, the scripture, and I'm going to read it a few times to be able to let it to internalize so that when I get up out of bed after stretching just a little bit, I have that Bible verse in my mind really sending me into the day, I think, the way that God intended. Now, how many of you know that waking up isn't just your first? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you kind of like, that's your first of the first, but then you, set, you step into the next thing. And for me, what do I do? I get ready. What that means is I, I, I brush my teeth, I, I shower, thank God, you know. And, and while that's happening, what I've tried to do is try to build upon the waking up and reading the Bible first. And that's really, really short. Everybody can do this. Uh, and what I want to do is I don't want just to read to forget, but I want to read so that when, I am, and I, when I'm in the shower, I'm brushing my teeth, I can meditate and I can think about the verse I just read. Anybody like me, you read something and like a second later, you forget it. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. I am trying to tell us that, no, actually, if we're going to put firsts in place, then we might as well make them worth it. 
And then the third thing is usually I do after I get ready, I go downstairs and I make my coffee. I'll, I'll get some cereal or some almonds or something like that or cashews and, and I'll be munching. And what I do is I take a, a pretty large portion of my morning and I see God first. And I do that through prayer and, and reading scripture. And, and I've always found that valuable and, 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 and it just kind of sets my day up. So, so again, some of you are like, man, Pastor Andy, you are hardcore. <laughs> you wake up, read the Bible, you shower, you think about scripture, and then you sit down and you do it again. Yes, I do, because I want to see God first. And I want his principles and his concepts and his teaching and his lifestyle to be completely absorbed into my life and my actions. And if I'm not leaning into it, then man, something else is going to pull me away. So I do that, okay? And then, you know, if I got to go somewhere. And, and for the most part, most of us, maybe we might need to leave our house, okay? I jump into that car ride and, and I, want to, I want to consider the first I do when I jump into the car. And for many of us, we turn on sports radio, but because the Packers and the Vikings are done this season, you can shut that off now, okay? If you're anything like me, when my team lost, for most of you know what that is, I just went and shut it off. I deleted all my sports apps. I don't even care anymore. You know what I'm saying? But what it was is I, I decided at that point, I'm going to eliminate a distraction in my life. And some of us, we just need to do that. And I, I'm proposing this idea that maybe this blank first inside of your car ride is maybe put some worship music on. And maybe for some of you that have worship music and it's not actually maybe helping you worship, then I would suggest maybe just having nothing and be left alone in silence and solitude and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Easier said than done, but here, that's an idea. I'm proposing something that could potentially change your life. Not a suggestion, but maybe something that could actually transform your life. How about this? After the car ride, you might enter your workday, and, and I would write down blank first in your workday, and, and, and quite possibly everything that, that has happened thus far could potentially set you up to ask this simple question before you start, before you sit down. Lord, what opportunity do you have for me today? I have sought your kingdom. I've lived within your kingdom, but now let me be a person of your kingdom. Give me an opportunity to share your love. Give me an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Give me an opportunity to tell people about the first things that matter most in my life and how it changed it. Uh, that would be a great first. And then, you know what? Halfway through the day, you hit lunch. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Blank first. What do you do? Take that opportunity and bless God first. You don't need to bless the food. The, the food has already been blessed. Now bless the one who gives it to you. And I, I would say this, and the way I said it is this, is to remind you that, that maybe at lunch before you feast on your ramen noodles or your mac and cheese or your Jimmy John's, is maybe this is an opportunity to bless God and, and maybe just have this sense of gratitude and how God has showed up in your life that day thus far and has used you within his kingdom. It's just a proposal. What if we took that, 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 that idea of seeking God first as a first step that could transfer our, transform our life? So here's the rest of the story. King Rehoboam, Rehoboam, um, right after this idea of like his kingdom is established and things are going well, okay, and, but all the people have turned their back on, on God. Well, then all of a sudden their city's captured. 
and the fortified city or the, the, the nation is really you know, being attacked. The fortified cities of Judah um, are captured and they're coming up to Jerusalem and all of a sudden the king and the leaders, man, they're like, dude, like things are not going well. And, and, and the prophets are saying, hey, guess what? This is what's happening. You abandoned me, therefore I will abandon you. And so what happens in, in verse 12, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse six, uh, the leaders of Israel and the king humble themselves in that situation. And they declare that the Lord is just, he is righteous, he is a good God. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, this word came to one of the prophets, prophets and he said, since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. <laughs> and you know, like, I, I get it. Like when I preach this message, many of us aren't really taking the principle of first, maybe as serious as we should. And, and I would just tell you, we serve a God of second chances. That, that, that we serve a God that, 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 um, that although our yesterday may not have been the, the yesterday that, that God intended, there is one tomorrow. And there is one first today. And so when I read this, man, that they will soon be given deliverance. I just look at our, many of our lives that are dealing with so many different things. Like, like God is around the corner. And, and yeah, I'm proposing this idea of us leaning towards God and following God this close. But I'm telling you, Jesus and the Holy Spirit is following closely to you. And he's just waiting for us to humble ourselves so he can step into those situations and bring deliverance to us. So when the opposing king of Egypt attacked Jerusalem, it said this, he carried the treasure. treasure. So I, I actually, he took over the city. Okay, so like even in their prayer, it didn't really look like exactly that God completely answered it. Uh, but it said this, he carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including the gold shields Solomon had made. Like I had mentioned to you before, Solomon and his splendor, man, he built this Jerusalem to be this amazing city with these amazing uh, uh, buildings and this amazing temple. And, and it was full of amazing things. And, and this king came in and just pillaged everything. And he took the gold shields. And the saddest verse is this, is King Rehoboam. After everything was taken, it said this, he made bronze shields to replace the gold ones that were stolen. And what I want to tell you today is this, is that God has got something better for you. Let us not let 2023 be a year that we give up the gold to be replaced with bronze. Do y'all get what I'm saying there? Like, let us not be people who forsake the, the principle of first and give up our gold to receive bronze. I don't think we should be satisfied with giving up great and, and, and receiving something good. And for some of us, receiving good and, or giving up our good and, and just being okay with living with okay. I really believe with all of my heart that we serve a God that wants the best in our life. But the teaching from Jesus himself is this, is will you seek after the personhood of the Holy Spirit and, and the Father, God, and this, our Savior, Jesus Christ, first that we might see the best come into our life. And in preparation of this message, I stumbled upon a missions video from one of our partners. And, and as I read it, it reminded me that, guess what? God is the God of fresh starts. 
and new beginnings. And you know what? Like I said, we, we might have screwed up yesterday, but there is a new tomorrow for all of us. Check this out. My name is Ali Juma. I'm from the village of Kazibunga in Kigoma, Tanzania. When I was young, I was told Christians were not the people of God. My whole family was Muslim. And we were all worshippers of Islam. The Godman team came to our village to show the film. It's a movie by One Hope about creation and the life of Jesus Christ. The village elders persuaded us to throw stones at the Godman team, so we did. We threw stones at them, but they did not go away. The Godman team came to our village to plant a church. There was an elderly woman who gave her location for planting the church. After she did, some of the elders came to threaten her life. In the midst of this opposition, the church continued to be planted. We continued throwing stones at them, but they did not leave. After this, I went back home and I felt convicted. I decided to go back to the pastor and ask him for forgiveness. The pastor shared with me about the love of Jesus. After he explained it, I received Jesus Christ in my heart. I was amazed that the pastor forgave me. When I received Jesus, my family completely disowned me. They chased me from my home and burned my clothes. We haven't spoken for a very long time. After I made the decision to follow Jesus, I had peace in my heart. I felt the need to go and preach to other Muslims so they may receive him. When I see the good things Jesus is doing for me, it challenges me to share his love with other Muslims. Today, I am truly grateful to the Godman team for planting churches. I feel courageous and testify to others so they can receive Jesus. How cool is that? I just want to say thank you for those that, that are faithful with your first when it comes to your finances. Because stories like this happen because of our partnerships with ministries all around the world. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this idea that when you came to church, last time I checked, I haven't seen you throw any stones my way. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, 
when I was watching this story, I was just thinking about how difficult some people have it to seek God first. How difficult it is for some people to just to go to church. How difficult it is for some people to overcome the obstacles of what it means to follow Jesus first and what comes afterwards. And I just kind of want to address the American church today. So I think it's time to humble ourselves. Nothing you can do first will compare to you seeking God first and what he can accomplish in your life. Would we follow Jesus this close? Deuteronomy 4.28 says there, you will worship man-made gods and wooden stones, which cannot see, hear, or eat, or smell. Can I paraphrase that from the modern day context? Therefore, you will worship man-made phones, plastic, glass, that cannot see, hear, eat, or smell. But if from there, from where we are today, you seek the Lord with, or we seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And Hebrews eleven six says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And if I'd add anything, God will reward those who seek him first. And I'm telling you, I long to see the day for us to give up the bronze and to receive the gold that God has for us today and for your family and for your health and, and honestly through your and, and for your finances. God, would you again, would you just bless us as we seek you first and your kingdom? Would today be a reminder of the distraction? Would you remind us to the, to the ploys of the enemy and how he desires to turn and to mislead and to misguide us? And Lord, would we be people of the first? Would we be people that would seek you first with all of our heart, understanding that you promise that you will reward us who earnestly seek you? Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. At the beginning of the message, I told you, let's not fool ourselves. We're such a small little portion of this complex solution, in essence. I am so thankful that God loved me first. That God showed up in my life. That, that, that Jesus left the 99 to pursue the one. 
and, and I had a great privilege of gathering. I have, a, I have a great privilege of gathering with a bunch of men in my house on Wednesday nights at a table community. And this last week, uh, we were talking about the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our life. It was kind of an odd conversation that led us at the end to share a story, each one of us. Each one of us shared a story about how the Holy Spirit we know showed up at the moment and made a difference in our life. And some of the stories were like, yeah, man, like, like it started, like I can now see, like now looking back, I can be aware. I, didn't, I wasn't aware at the time, but I can see it now. It was like my grandma and my grandma took me in because my parents were addictive and uh, addicted to alcohol and drugs. And they, and she brought me in and then, and then she led me on the way. And then I stepped out and I went to college and I started making some poor decisions. But this one person came into my life and went and said and speak some life into me and, and help guide me. And there was the Holy Spirit in that moment. It was for me in my story, it was just one particular moment where I was leaving uh, my house and I went down our county road and I took a right onto the highway and, and literally my, my, my life flashed before my eyes because as I pulled onto that highway, a car at 65 miles per hour just blitzed past me, past me. Like we're talking about tailing and it was crazy. And I realized at that very moment that my life was spared. But on last Wednesday, I sat there just aware that the Holy Spirit was working when I was not working. How many are thankful that the Holy Spirit is working in your life and you might not even be aware of it? And what I wanna do really practically before we end is this, I want us to close our eyes and I want the Holy Spirit to remind us that he is active and that he has sought you when you weren't even seeking. So Lord, what is that, Lord, in every single one of our lives? When did you show up, but we haven't maybe stopped and paused first to say thank you? What is that, Lord? Holy Spirit, I believe with all my heart, you're not in the business of just showing yourself present in our past, but you desire to have a relationship with us today. And that same voice or that same way that you brought to us today, a reminder of how you showed up in the past, God, may we learn that voice or that way, that when we leave Echo Church today and we start the rest of our day, that we would first lean in and be aware that you are there in our midst. You desire to guide us, you desire to lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Echo Church, when you stand up every week, we pray a prayer and it reminds us it reminds us that Jesus is the answer. We and we lay down our firsts to pick up his firsts. And that takes a surrender. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. 
I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's let the Holy Spirit continue his work.
you guys have ever seen a dog sled before. But a dog sled is, I mean, it's a sled pulled by dogs, right? Pretty straightforward. But there's this idea that the lead dog dictates the pace of where you're going. And what if we as people started to put the things that were important to us as the lead and let everything else kind of fade in? It's easy to say now, but let the football fade away, right? I'm sorry, all you people that I encouraged to invite people over last weekend. I still feel terrible. But I want to tell you something. Uh, Pastor Andy, uh, last year, or maybe the year before that, was preached some ideas out of this book called Atomic Habits. And there's this idea in this book that says this. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems, okay? Okay, I'm just going to say that one more time because it takes me a little bit to get things, so maybe you guys are with me. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our system. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you create a system today to do exactly what Pastor Andy talked about. Um, I am a habit person. I do everything I can in life by habit because I am just a feeble-minded person who doesn't always do the things I should do unless they're just directed, unless it's focused. So I'm going to tell you something. If the last app you have open and you leave open on your phone when you go to sleep is the Bible, the Bible app will be the first app that opens when you get on it the next day. And so for me, like, I'd love to say I'm super spiritual and I just wake up and Jesus is instantly the first thing I think of. That's not always the case. But I tell you what, what if that phone just reminds us, hey, I'm going to read that verse today. And I love this. Uh, Andy talked about it a little bit. This is just a little thing. I'm sort of competitive, and I like certain things that keep track of stuff for me. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Bible app tells you how many days in a row that you've been on it. And so maybe today is going to be day one, and like there's no judgment in that. For me right now, today I looked because I was curious. Today is day 28. Do you know what's funniest? 28 days ago was Christmas. I broke my last streak on Christmas Day. I thought that was kind of funny, but put that app on at the end of the night. And then in the next morning, it's going to be there. Like, you don't have to become somebody who thinks about it immediately. Make it part of your process, just part of the systems. We do not rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems. All right, now, one of the things we love to do is we love to celebrate some people. Can we celebrate those that came to Echo for the first time today? Let's give it up. Christy already told you, but fill out that visitor card. Go hang out with the info table. We'd love to know your name, kind of walk with you in life. Another group of people we love to celebrate is those that said that prayer with us for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on. 